Let me massage my boobies. From Rosemary's Baby and Reagan McNeil to Jason, Freddy, and Chucky to Samara, Jigsaw, and Pennywise, we can't get enough. If it's blood-curdling, spine-tingling, breath-quickening, or soul-stealing, we are ready to watch it. Welcome to Hilltop Horror Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Ray Richards. With me tonight are my two co-hosts, Ann Conley. Good evening. And Helen Stewart. Hello. All right, everybody. Tonight, we're going to try something a little different. Uh, We've got a lot of feedback about the optimal length for podcast episodes. And our typical episode ranges from about an hour to an hour and 10 minutes. So in an effort to tighten our episodes up a bit, we're going to switch up the format. We're retiring the drink pairing in the kill, chill, and thrill sections. We're probably going to move those onto social media. So if you don't follow us on Twitter or Facebook, look for us there. And we're also not going to be reviewing the movies in chronological order. What we're going to try to do is identify a number of topics which we want to focus on and talk about those before moving on to the ratings. So tonight we are going to review the 1976 American supernatural horror film classic Carrie, directed by Brian De Palma from a screenplay written by Lawrence D. Cohen and adapted from Stephen King's 1974 novel of the same name. The film stars Sissy Spacek as Carrie White, a 16-year-old teenager who is consistently mocked and bullied at her school. Her peers are unaware that she possesses telekinetic powers. The film was based on King's first novel by the same name. De Palma was intrigued by the story and pushed for the studio to direct it, while Spacek was encouraged by her husband to audition. It's the first of more than 100 film and television productions adapted from or based on the published works of Stephen King. All right, Anne, well, to get us started, why don't you play the trailer? Sure thing, Ray. Trailer time and action. It's the night of the senior prom. The Bates High School gym is alive with excitement. Everybody is there, even Carrie White, the girl no one likes. Oh, sorry about this incident, Cassie. It's Carrie! And everyone makes fun of her. The girl who lives in that creepy house with her crazy mother. See the sin of her days and ways. Show her that if she had remained sinless, the curse of blood would never have come on her. The girl with the strange power. If I concentrate hard enough, I can move things. But tonight, no one will laugh at Carrie. If you don't have a date for the prom next Friday, would you like to go with me? She's with the best-looking boy in the senior class. He's trying to trick me again. She'll be voted queen of the prom. You know, I can make sure that you don't hurt Carrie White anymore. For Carrie, it will be a dream come true. For everyone else, it will be a nightmare. (coughs) Carrie. A new film by Brian De Palma. Based on the chilling bestseller. Starring Sissy Spacek, Piper Laurie, and introducing John Travolta in his first motion picture role. If you have a taste for terror, you have a date with Carrie. Okay, so did they literally show you the entire movie in that trailer? Only the horror horror parts. I know, but everything that mattered. Yeah. Every kill, everybody who died. 
That's crazy. They didn't show Chris. Yeah, you showed the car blow up. Yeah, but you didn't really like know who she you was. Sh- you showed, the, they the showed the mother die. They showed the coach die. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay, well, why don't we get started with our first topic, which is the opening shower scene. Now, I don't know how this played to you ladies, but I didn't understand what I was watching at first. I'll be honest with you, because I know the story of Carrie. It's the first time I've seen the movie, but I didn't realize it was opening on like fully nude high school girls running around after gym class. All I thought was, oh, I didn't know that Carrie was a soft porn. right i was like whoa whoa isn't this supposed to be a horror film and then i mean it just brings back to like all those memories of like the high school like the weird showers and you're just thinking like in the 70s were women really running around naked in the women's locker room or is this just like some dude's wet dream and that's what he's putting on the screen well i certainly think it's a more titillating version of what reality is i think right i mean i think that's the point like i took it in the sense that you're a man, you're a boy, you're sitting down watching the movie, you're like, oh, yeah, all these girls, naked girls. And then it shifts into Carrie alone in the shower. And at first, I didn't know what she was doing. I didn't know if she was masturbating. I mean, she was massaging and doing all this. This doesn't look like... That's what I mean. It was like such a machismo-centric like version, like, let me massage my boobies and then like (laughs) down my leg and then literally like look like she was masturbating. But the thing is, I don't know that it wasn't done consciously by the filmmaker to get you. No, I mean, I was done, but not to titillate, but because it's setting you up for the blood. And all of a sudden as a guy, you're like, hold on. Wait a minute. What's going on? (laughs) Like, all right, all right, all right. And then you're backing away from all that. I didn't pick up on that part to that it, from a male's perspective, it would kind of halt things. I kind of thought it was more of, you know, you have all these girls kind of romping around, almost like, you know, the girls spend the nights where guys think we just pillow fight in cute little jammies, which mm-hmm. does not happen. Listen, don't ruin my I'm sorry. fantasies. Sorry, doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it was everybody got along, everybody was playing a part, everybody was happy, and then you had her alone in the shower, so it just was definitely like showing the isolation. Agreed. Yeah, at first I thought that was weird. And then I was like, no, you know what? I do remember in high school, like if, well, first of all, you don't want to shower with like everybody else in like those big general showers anyways. It's just weird. But, you know, the the people that were more socially shy or more outcasts, you know, would wait till later and sort of be in there by, by themselves as well. But it also just seemed like she was spending like a luxurious amount of time in that shower, which I was also like, girl, get dressed. You've got class. Right. So it was just a weird, weird setup. Actually, I have to say I was I was confused when she started bleeding as well because I thought she was supposed to be theoretically sort of masturbating and um, because I didn't know the background about the, the radical mother. And then when she started bleeding, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't think she was getting her period. Like, I thought that, like, her telekinetic powers was, were doing something like, I don't know. I don't even know what, but something different. And then it was like the whole period. And like the whole time I was just like, oh my God, no, I think like she's really injured. (laughs) I was like, no, there's an issue. Help her. She doesn't know what's going on. It was weird. Well, it's doubled down by the fact that she's obviously 17 and she hasn't had her first period yet. Right. Like like they referenced it in the movie. But so it's even more, I can see how it'd be even more confusing. I mean, to me, it went from like guy, cool thing to period to, okay, these women are awful. 
awful people. They're just throwing things at her and plug it up, plug it up. I mean, it was it. There's it, so many so, feminine so then, products. So then, like, the, <laughs> it's like you have well, that big of a stash. Like, they, they should have had better product placement. Yes, oh, that's, that's all I true. Well, <laughs> well, the thing is, like, my paternal instincts sort of came out because you want to punch them all in the face. Yeah, I mean, as a father, like, once you have kids that are in school, I mean, I don't have any girls in school, but once you have kids in school, like, bullying's like a thing. And these girls were awful to her. I agree. They were awful. Never saw anybody do anything like that. But I just think that the shock of you're in the 70s and you don't know what that is, despite the radical mother. Whenever you see her, she almost seems a little bit slower. She does certainly at first. Like they play her up. Even in the first scene when she talks to her mom and she's not using like full sentences, I was like, is there actually something like wrong with her? Right. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just, I, I think it's interesting because I feel like Helen and I are, are both like, I don't know, like girls are shitty and getting your first period is shitty. And like, it's just like life for a woman. Yeah, it sucks. Like we've all been there. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just was like, yeah, it didn't traumatize me as much. But then when it compounded the fact that you saw the crazy mom and the isolation on top of that, then I was like, Okay, like she doesn't have any friends. She's a total, you know, outcast slash freak. Like, uh, yeah, you you start to see it on top of that. Her reaction when she gets it and comes stumbling out of the shower and then starts grabbing everybody and then you just see the smears of her blood on like everyone. Did you gym teacher shorts was ridiculous. Well, did you catch (laughs) did you catch after that when she's talking to the principal? They have a very specific shot where he's looking at the blood on her shorts And, and he's like freaking out yeah yeah and can't but I, call her anything but cassie yeah. cassie but i love that the gym teacher was like it's just her period for christ's sake i liked that she framed it that way all right anything else on this opening shower scene because it sets the whole rest of the movie up all right let's let's move on to the mother in the christian radicalism she's nuts so she's got crazy frizzy hair which i think for some reason just totally plays into her character yeah. She goes around trying to talk to people with her, I guess, pamphlets on raising teenagers to be appropriate Christians. I just assume that was one of the many pamphlets she had. And then they're just trying to pay her off. Like, here's a $10 donation. Please leave. I didn't think she was that crazy. I just thought she was like a born-again Christian. People are out there. They're like that. They're all about Jesus and God and all that and trying to convert people. Like, fine, whatever. I feel like what makes her one step beyond that is the fact that she wouldn't tell her daughter about the birds and the bees and she locks her in a closet. Like, I think that's extreme stuff. I I don't know that necessarily her going around and from door to door trying to get people to buy into Jesus. I mean, that's sort of the thing. Spread the good news, right? Well, you were never locked in a closet growing up, right? Uh, I was not locked in a closet growing up. She weaseled her way into the house and that's where I felt like she was a little much... I thought that she both looked like the evil witch from Wizard of Oz, but reminded me of Glinda from Wizard of Oz facially. She had a very angelic face. Yeah. You know. I do think that the one thing that I was like, okay, you know, this this bitch is crazy was when she said that if you had remained sinless, you would have never gotten your period, which you're like, "Mm, no, biologically, that would be impossible. Well, I think that's the thing, right? She's drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. But but it, that moment, I was like, oh, yeah, the Bible also says a lot of crazy stuff we always forget. I was like, is that really in there? I, I'm not sure that that is in there, but I think that there's inferences people have made from what is in there to get 
to the point that she's at. It's still crazy. I mean, that was like, you know, when you talk about, um, you know, evolutionism versus creationism, that was like, oh, you literally believe women could not get their periods if they were. I mean, the fact that she had waited, that she hadn't gotten her period for so long, I was like, well, maybe there was something to that. Girl did a pretty good job <laughs> of holding off her period. Maybe her mom was for a few do- additional years. Her, dosing her with something. I don't know. I just thought she was a good character. All right. Let's move on to the motivation of Sue Snell and slash Tommy, uh, the nice guy. So when I watched this movie, I don't know if you ladies thought this. I couldn't tell whether Sue was in on the bad plot or if she was actually trying to get Tommy to take Carrie to the prom for the reasons she espoused, which was that she was trying to make her feel included. I did not know until the very end. Yeah, I was so suspicious. What about you, Helen? I think having had seen this before, I knew. Mm, okay. Were you suspicious the first time you saw it? I don't recall. Like, I, I, was, I was 14, so it was quite a number mm. of years ago. I was so, like... Nope, nope, nope. Like, even when the teacher came down them and was like, what are you trying to do? And I was like, get him. I was like, go get him. Yeah, me too. I was like, this is some bullshit. And, but what I liked about it was that it was twisted in like multiple ways, right? You were kind of like, is Sue actually feeling bad? Like she's feeling repentant for her behavior and trying to do the right thing. And then she's guilting her boyfriend (laughs) into taking her, which is weird and manipulative on one side. And then the fact that you don't understand the ripple effects, the repercussions of doing that anyways for better or for worse. So you're like, I'm going to do a good thing. But I felt like the teacher was not only saying, you know, you're, I know you're up to something. But even if she wasn't genuinely up to something, there are still very strong negative repercussions from having the popular guy Take the unpopular girl, right? There is still going to be social consequences, emotional consequences. Like either way, it's a, a no-win situation. So I, I like sort of the different layers of what we're going on there. Well, I was trying to figure out how all this was supposed to work because Tommy takes her to the prom and kisses her and invites her to like the after party. And I'm like, exactly when did he get all in on Carrie and between him and Sue? Like, how is that? How is that supposed to work? Yeah, I don't know if there's more in the book that we just don't get here because I haven't read the book, but it did feel like that relationship completely escalated. Yeah, I felt like we missed the montage where he brought the corsage and got to know her and something, something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if his having to continuously make those advances and being rejected, that that kind of made him feel like, oh, let me figure out more about her, see what kind of substance she actually has. All I know is he had glorious hair. Once again, he glorious did, yeah. 70s Amazing hair. hair. I was trying to imagine him without the hair and like how ordinary he would look. But I was just like, and then there were some scenes where I was like, is it a wig? And then you see it <laughs> later and you're like, no, no, it's definitely his hair. But who like, was it permed? Was it naturally that curly? I don't know. Was, I want to look him up and see what it looks like now. It, it was some Zeppelin, Zeppelin yes. epic hair. Yes. So. I mean, perm level, like the whole thing moved when his head moved. Not wavy locks. It, it was beautiful. <laughs> Ringed locks. It was beautiful. And yeah. so blonde. Yes, it was. All right. Well, let's move on to the end. Let's talk about the prom. Dun, dun, dun. The yeah. prom. Wait, can, we first have to give a quick call out to John Travolta. What the heck? Did you know he was in this? No, I didn't know. Did you know he was in it, Helen? I don't remember him either, but then again, I'm not a 
Travolta fan, oh my so God. that doesn't help. I had no idea. This is like his breakout role. Yes, yes. first role, yeah. I do have to say, I don't also remember how awful he is towards women. <laughs> he just starts smacking. Like, I don't think Dude, that that was a typical 70s thing. Dude, she's crazy, too. She's a crazy she's bitch, nuts. Chris. She is, and I don't say she shouldn't have been slapped, but like, it was just definitely a anti-woman type character. I just think it was their thing. Like, that's how they... Got off. And we, he smacked her. Yeah, she yeah. teased him. He smacked her. Then she gave him a blowjob. I mean, it's like a normal night. Yeah, I thought the exact <laughs> same thing. I was like, man, as messed up as that was, I loved that they actually portrayed that type of relationship. I, I don't think I've ever seen that level of depravity, you know, explored in an on-screen film before. But like, you know that happens. Like, you know relationships get like weird and twisted, manipulated, and like, like kind of kinky. Oh, I love it. I was like, go for it. Go, go for it. I just couldn't figure (laughs) out how she was speaking so clearly while giving a blowjob. I don't know. That was just my, that was my (laughs) problem. I mean, no muffle, anything like, you know, hey. I didn't feel like she was really giving a blowjob. I felt like she was just teasing him. That was just me. All right. To the end then. Yeah. So the prom, where do you want to begin? All right. Well, I thought it was well done. I thought the whole part with the decor, the theme, the band, the band band was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Now, with Tommy and, and Carrie, I thought they did a really good job of them kind of being awkward, but him also kind of walking her through it and him being a nice guy. Like, you know, he, he seemed like a genuinely nice guy. And the one thing I will say, I, I was curious as to whether or not you guys picked up on when the gym teacher came over and sat down and talked to Carrie, whether or not you thought that she might be a little gay. It didn't cross my mind. Because he comes back and says, hey, what are you talking to my date? <laughs> you know, type of thing. And I didn't know. And of course, the because our female gym teacher stereotype. <laughs> yeah, I didn't pick up on that at all. I mean, to me, it was like she's way too pretty, like female gym teacher. I guess we just had like women gym teachers. So yeah, I, I think that's a good call out. And I think that, you know, maybe even in this context, like to other people, it may, might have totally been a jab at like maybe she's gay. But I, I honestly totally didn't pick up on it. Yeah, I thought she was more motherly. Like she realized mm-hmm. – that she was missing that kind of actual influence in her life, and that's when she started to, you know, yeah, get I, more into I, I, I don't disagree. Kind of. I agree completely. I, I just felt like there was a little inferences Maybe. here and there. But Now that you say it, I'm like thinking back. I but. don't know. So Carrie gets the pig's blood, and Sue Snell's like walking around looking before it comes down. She's looking at the at the cord and I, figures I it out, which credit. I like. I was yeah. so impressed. I was like, girls, like, what's this rope doing here? Why is it jiggling? follows it on up and i was like i i i gotta give her a lot of credit that would have never occurred to me because when you're you know especially if you're crashing a prom you're probably so concerned about not being seen they said that you had to have a date to go which i also was really pissed about like i don't know if you guys had the same but i, I don't think we had to have dates no, to go to the no, prom that's no. ridiculous so like she's breaking into the prom i mean i, mean, I had one gear. i definitely had one but i'm just saying you didn't have to have one yeah well uh, oh thanks for good, letting us good coverage right <laughs> no, good sketch. coverage <laughs> um yeah or maybe like you did but you could take like another girl take another guy i'm trying to remember but nevertheless um you know and then she's like resourceful she was like the female macgyver like figuring that whole thing out and um i just i just had to give her a lot of credit but i loved how they also played sort of like that double entendre of the gym teacher seeing her seeing the rope and looking like she was up to no good seeing her with her boyfriend right carrie's with sue's boyfriend on stage having a good time and (laughs) sue being like (gasps) but because she's concerned about the 
the pig's blood, not the two of them on stage type of thing. So that was cool. Again, that was like a smart interaction. Yeah, I really loved the way they shot it, and it definitely made you think that there was a chance she was going to stop it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still think it doesn't take that long to tell the teacher, hey, there's somebody under the stairs. They're up to no good. I mean, I don't know. But I get it. Movies do it all the time, but they can't communicate. Uh, yeah, so the pig blood comes down, and Carrie kills pretty much everybody. So- the one thing that was so funny was when I was watching this, I was like, she's going to get knocked out by the bucket. I was, <laughs> I was like, you can't just yank a bucket down and think that the blood's going to fall. So, you know, for, for our listeners that didn't see it, like it's on, it's on a beam and then they've got a bucket with a rope attached to it. And when they yanked it, they were clever enough to have another rope that tied the bucket to keep it on the beam. But then the bucket comes down and knocks out the boyfriend. It's so funny. So anyways, it was just cracking me up me up between the two of them. Like she gets the blood, he gets knocked out, then she totally loses it, freaks out, fries and, everybody. And supposedly he dies, I guess, in the book because of the bucket. Yeah, but, I'm pretty sure they say at the end that she didn't attend any of the funerals, the Susnell well, because but, of the death. But I assume or, he, or because of the Well, I assume he died in the fire, not he died in because right. of the bucket hit him, but supposedly the bucket oh, hit the him bucket? and killed him. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I assume he died in the fire. Yeah, me too. I was surprised that, and I know she has gone completely psycho, she gets crazy eyes, completely drenched in blood, kills everybody, but, like, even the one, like, the teacher that was nice, like, you wouldn't say, like, shoo her out and then shut the doors? But but this is where her mother's psychosis and the sort of fundamental Christianity comes in, because she's convinced her, and so she's thinking everybody is laughing at her when they're not. Right? And, And Tommy goes to comfort her right before he's hit by the bucket. If he hadn't been hit by the bucket... He probably would have comforted comforted her, and she would have been okay. So yeah, I mean, I thought all that was really well done. And then she comes out of the gym, and it's all on fire, and she's—I mean, all that's practical, right? Practical effects and everything, really well done. So the one thing that I had read that I thought was really cool was uh, Stephen King meant to write in the fact that she had left one of her slippers behind, one of her shoes behind, as a nod to a Cinderella like oh. overtone, and he just forgot. But. I think that would have been awesome. I wish they had brought it into the movie. So when she departs, when she walks through the fire and exits the gym and right, the fiery blaze (laughs) melting everybody behind her, leaving a shoe behind sort of like a twisted version of Cinderella would have been pretty kick-ass. Okay, so let's get to the car crash quickly. So Chris and Travolta both bite it in a car crash, which I think is actually pretty cool. I like the like move she makes when she looks backwards and she's kind of like kind of witchy looking. And then, boom, the car explodes. Good riddance. (laughs) Yeah, good riddance. I totally agree. Yeah, the only thing that surprised me about that entire scene was her weird move. Her sort of like jivey, yeah, witch. Nothing like that was anywhere else in the movie. I know, but I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) And then then she goes home, and her mom tries to kill her, and she kills her mom, and then drags her into the closet with the crazy bright-eyed Jesus, and the house, like, poltergeists itself into a hole kind of like poltergeist the movie by okay the way. Out, out of this whole movie that was the only thing that surprised me was the house sinking into the hole i was like what the f like until this point i was like classic stephen king like you take a very very simple plot girl lonely telekinesis like literally like two elements right and write a whole story about it and then at the end like weird shit happens i was like no this is perfect classic stephen king like again like no 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 we're just gonna like have a crazy epic end scene with the prom, and then the house gets eaten up. 
I assume she <laughs> telekinesis her house into the implosion so she'd just die. I kind of like the idea that it played with the whole, you know, was she possessed by the devil? And was the devil, like, consuming the house and there? I just thought, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. Okay. Anything else? The hand that shoots up. Yeah, the dream. Yes. So, like, I remember back when I was 14 that this took, like, three minutes and you're just sitting there watching the ground and then the hand shoots up and this was nowhere near as long. Mm. Oh, heck no. But it was, it was, so I don't know what, why I remember that. They cut it? I don't know, maybe. But it was a long time you were sitting there staring and I was like, the movie's over. And they're like, no, no, it's not. And then it shoots up. Oh, weird. Crap out of you. I will say it scared the crap out of me too. That was the only jump scare in the whole movie. And if I was holding popcorn, it would have gone all over the place (laughs) for sure. All right. Well, now that we've reviewed the movie, it's time to rate it. Only the best movies make it to the top of the hill. And to be the best, they have to perform in three categories. The first is technical composition, which represents how well the movie is made, including the script, directing, cinematography, acting, and effects. The second is impact, which represents how well the movie accomplished its emotional intent. Was it scary or funny? Did it make you question mankind or the nature of your reality? And third is enjoyment, which is pretty simple. How much did you enjoy watching the movie? Would you watch it again? Do you never want to watch it again? All right, our scale goes from a 1 to a 10, with a 1 being the worst and the 10 being the best. All right, Helen, give us your ratings. Okay, so I gave it a 6 for technical I thought the acting was good. I thought the the scenery was good. There was a couple good shots with the the fire behind her. I thought that was like classic. For impact, I gave it a seven. And for enjoyment, I gave it an eight. Hand in hand, I just thought, you know, the bullying, everything that she had to go through with her crazy mother just made it all the more sad. Okay. And? Okay. For technical, I gave it a seven. Um, I thought there were some really good effects, just good practical effects. I mean... The house singing into a hole in the ground was like, what? I mean, it was like a real house. And I, I, I still don't know what they did. Or maybe maybe, it, maybe it was a little um, miniature. I don't know. But that was well done. Um, but then there were like some goofy things, like the teachers being electrocuted with the microphone. So it was like, it was so-so. Impact, I actually gave it a six. I didn't think it was overly scary. I didn't think it was like overly over the top with any of the effects. Um, but you know, enjoyment, I gave it an eight because I did enjoy it. I just didn't think it was super over the top, but it was like such a good classic. I would totally watch this again and I would watch it with others. Okay. And I gave it a seven for technical. I thought it was well-made, uh, for once again, the seventies, I thought it was produced well, had a lot of good cinematic shots. I felt like the acting was really well done. Sissy Spacek did a great job. The mother did a great job. Um, even the Mean Girls did good jobs at being Mean Girls. Uh, as far as impact, I gave it an eight. So my impact is based off of three things. The boobs, the blood, and the bush in the movie. They're, I knew you were going to be excited about all those boobies. Yeah, I right? mean, there's, so there's a lot of naked girls and cool, right? But then also, it's a tragic movie. I mean, I felt like I was very upset that this girl died and that no one could help her, even though they tried. And I don't know. It it was impactful for me in that way. And enjoyment, I gave it a seven. I really liked the movie. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Stephen King adaptations are hit or miss for me. And this one really did a good job. All right, Anne, crank that calculator. 
Okay, so Helen and I actually tied in our ratings with a solid seven. Ray, you were just slightly above us at a 7.33, bringing Carrie to an average of 7.11. All right, so that brings Carrie to an overall ranking of number 10 on the hill. Yeah, that puts it equal with The Conjuring, Annihilation, and Halloween 2018. That's interesting. Right above The Exorcist and below The Thing. Hmm. I mean, these 70s movies are kicking some ass. Yeah, they are. I don't know if I'm just in a better mood about these old movies this year or what. I love the classics like that. I think that's great. It's with really good company. That feels good. You know, Conjuring, Annihilation, Halloween, and Carrie. That's a great evening right there. (laughs) Agreed. And honestly, pretty close to The Exorcist, which is right in there with it. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, help us grow our audience. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast app you use. And please share with your friends and family on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media platforms. Give us a shout out to tell us how we're doing or suggest movies to review. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also email us at host.hth at gmail.com. I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Hilltop Horror Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Ray Richards, and on behalf of my co-host, thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time.